Welcome to Why in the World. My name is Ben Shepherd. Rowing an ocean seems one of the most daunting things I could think of. But what exactly goes into an ocean row? A year out of her journey from California to Hawaii with the Girls Who Dare crew, I sat down with Jessica Schumann. She is on Why in the World. Right, so we are sitting in North London. I am with the lovely Jessica Schumann. How are you? I'm really well, are you? Yes, I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm here to talk about something that you're going to do next year, which is something that you've jumped into feet first and are fully embracing, I think, a year yeah. out from the challenge. So I'm sure we'll talk to you maybe a little bit closer to the challenge as well. But for everybody that is listening, what are you doing? Yeah, um, I am That sounded very aggressive. What are you doing? I don't know. A lot of people <laughs> have a similar reaction, to be honest. Stephanie, my mum. So this time next year, I will be in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Well, hopefully close to Hawaii, actually. So I'm rowing 2,400 miles across the Pacific from San Francisco to Honolulu. I'm doing it with four girls. Or we're part of a crew called Girls Who Dare. You mentioned your mum there. What did she say? She looked at me with tears in her eyes, pretty much. She was horrified. Yeah, I think when I first kind of gave her the idea, she thought that I'd planned to rock up in San Francisco and sort of find a little dinghy and just row it across. So she was definitely picturing worst case scenario. I think as she started to realize that it's part of a race, the Great Pacific Race, we're doing so many courses. I've done sea survival, VHF radio, we've got first aid coming up, competent crew. Yacht Master Theory, there are a lot of courses, a lot of learning that's happening. The thing is about these big rowing challenges, I think, from talking to loads of different people that have done loads of different challenges, if we reference it to a running or walking challenge, mm. to a certain extent you can kind of go out and wing something like that. Yeah. And you kind of get fitter as you go. With something like this, there is no wing in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you do get fitter as you go, and that is something that a lot of people have said. I think you're right in the sense that, you know, anyone can walk if you've got enough determination, if you're setting off, but you'll probably get there. With this, there are a lot more, well, just the weather, yeah. the elements that you're up against. Like, you've got, you've got to know what you're doing. And like you said about the courses and things like that, mm. that must take up a huge amount of your time. Do you yeah. have a life outside of working and rowing currently? Um, it's limited. <laughs> I, I am taking a night off this evening, which I'm really looking forward to, actually. Um, but you're right. Like, my life at the moment pretty much is wake up, train, work, train, and then do admin. And the, the weekends, the courses, and more training mm. and more rowing admin. And yeah. The thing is, we're, we're so far away from the race still. If we look forward, it is a year mm. still that you've got to go. Are you worried at all on how that year is going to take it's toll on your body, the training mm. that you're going to have to put it through, and even your mind as well. Mm. Are you mentally worried about sort of the training yeah. that you've got to go yet? I've been very clear from the outset, and I'm working with a great personal trainer as well, and they said from the beginning that I've got to be really honest with myself, and there will be sessions along the way where I don't feel great, there are nibbles, mm. I haven't slept well, and actually to just be able to take a step back and say, okay, I'm not going to push it as hard in this training session because you're never going to achieve that much in a single session, but you can really set yourself back. And that's something that I'm trying to keep in mind throughout the process 
So I did actually go to the gym yesterday morning and ended up backing off completely. I just hadn't been able to sleep. It's been really hot. I just wasn't mentally or physically in the right place to mm. do that session. And it is being okay with backing off from it when when it's not going to serve you. Are you all right with backing off stuff? Mm. I Yeah, it's difficult because obviously you've got this huge, huge challenge. And whenever I go, go to the gym, I'm like, right, you've got to smash it. You've got like no days off that kind of mentality but I think that as I've got older I have become a bit more mature in my approach to things and in fact so I had appendicitis just over three months ago now wow so I ended up having this forced break in my training obviously while I was recovering from surgery and it was hard yeah I'm imagining even just the movement for you it's like the worst thing to be doing like having an appendix operation then jumping back on a yeah I mean it took me took me four weeks before I even sat back on a rowing machine um and probably about six weeks before I was really back into proper training like just for the first couple of weeks I actually couldn't um I couldn't even stand up straight because they'd had to make some extra like incisions in my belly button Mm. and just the pulling on that was mental but to, yeah, in terms of backing off, I think that was actually a really good process for me to go through because it showed me that actually I've probably come back fitter and stronger than I was before. And having that time off, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing for me. Mm. Um, so I try to keep that in mind. It's such a monumental goal. Mm. You do get scared if you start missing stuff or you mm. have to pull back a little bit. But mm. sometimes your body's just saying, come on. Just yeah. chill out a second. Just chill out. So you mentioned too that you're doing this with three other girls. Yeah. So there's four of you. Yeah. How did that relationship come about? How did you mm. become a team? So I met Anna, um, who's one of the crew members, a couple of years ago. We rode across the Irish Sea together. And we we got to Ireland and we, we rode from Wales. Uh, we just really enjoyed it. And we were like, oh, let's do a relation. It'll, it'll be way more fun. Um, and we... I don't know, she moved to India for a bit. I was busy with work. And every now and again, we check in and just make sure that the other one was still keen. And then just before Christmas this year, she or last year now, she messaged to say there were two other girls who were keen to do the Pacific. And was I still interested? So I don't know, it was one of those things. But I think if you stop and think about it You're for just too long. So I was like, yeah, sure, straight away. What was your reaction when that message came through? I was actually out for lunch. It was a Christmas lunch with my colleagues. And I was so excited. I was just like, oh, that's amazing. I, it was kind of coming towards Christmas. You know, you've been through so many Christmas drinks, Christmas lunches. You're feeling a little bit sluggish. And then this came through. And it was such a kind of breath of fresh air. I was mm. like, oh, that'll be really exciting. Was like, there any questioning at all in your head? Or was it just straight away, bang? So the way she phrased it to me was... <laughs> she sold it to you. <laughs> well, no, she actually was like, we're going to row across the Pacific. And so at first I thought she meant the entire thing. And I was like, but I literally sent a message back saying, but babies are made in less time. <laughs> <laughs> what a cracking reply. And she was like, no, 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 I don't mean the entire way. She was like, I just mean California to Hawaii. So I then looked up how long that took and I was like, okay, about 50 days. Like, that seems all right. But I'd already signed up when I thought it was the whole thing, so. It was always like great once you told me. Because there is these 
famous races and obviously like kind of the, the famous routes that you can take across the various different oceans. Was there any particular reason that you chose this race or was it just the race that kind of fell into your lap, if you will? So one of the girls in the crew had actually set off to try and do this um, last year and they got six days in and one of the girls fell in and they ended up pulling out. So she got back after that. And I mean, I've experienced post-adventure blues, but I've never experienced it when I haven't completed the adventure. So Mm. I can't, I can start to imagine, but I can't fully comprehend how devastating that must be. So she got back to the UK and I think she pretty quickly decided that she wanted to have another crack at it. So she was then looking for crewmates. She, that was Emma. She found Kat through a mutual friend um, and Anna found me. So it was already a preformed idea for her. Yeah. Are you all training together or are you training together sometimes, training separately other times? How does it work? Training together sometimes. Yeah. So I live in London, obviously. Kat is a surgeon out in Oxfordshire. So kind of working around mm. geographical also four schedules yeah. four jobs four workloads it can be tricky we try to train together when we can because you want the morale and it's good but like team building but the reality is if we only trained when we could all get together we probably wouldn't be very fit what are we looking like on your indoor outdoor split in terms mm. of training how much are you training like on the machine how much are you out and about how much like strength and conditioning you doing that sort of stuff yeah unfortunately i am spending more time indoors at the moment um i know i just mentioned i'm really excited we're going to uh, spain next weekend for a little training camp which i can't wait for Um, it's nice to get out of the gym i do spend a lot of time just sort of on a rowing machine in a basement of a london building which isn't great probably do about five six hours a week on a rowing machine do a couple of hours of strength training a week um, and then also some cycling some running just to try and break it up a little bit really um, and out on the water when we can how are you keeping your motivation up because six hours on a machine is a lot it is a lot um i listen to i listen to a lot of podcasts like your podcast has been great motivation <laughs> um so that helps like listening to other people's adventures and sort of knowing that they've got through it reminds me that well if they've done it so can I but also if I'm honest fear mm. like, it's a huge huge thing you don't want to be stuck out in the middle of the Pacific battling a 60 foot wave even just not being physically capable of it why adventure there's a lot easier things you could do yeah but it I've just fallen in love I think I've steadily built up so we did the Irish Sea a couple of years ago and then I went off to Nepal and climbed some mountains. I did this kind of ultra triathlon in Malawi last year. And just the buzz that you get from doing these things and on every occasion they're things that I wasn't hundred percent sure that I'd be able to do. And getting through them, that like feeling that you get at the end, it's just amazing. You dropped the triathlon word. So an ultra triathlon in Malawi. It was this crazy, crazy thing. So I had been out for work drinks on Friday night. I came home and I was like, I was a bit drunk. I was scrolling through Instagram and Kelly Holmes had posted that she was looking for 20 athletes to run, cycle and kayak around Malawi with her. 
and there was an application form. I filled it in then and there and kind of forgot about it. And a few weeks later, I get this email being like, oh, we loved your application form. It was so enthusiastic. I was like, oh my God, what did I write? Like no, no real recollection of it. And so I had an interview to, about getting on this trip and they offered me a place and I'd never really done that much running before. I definitely hadn't done um, sort of trail running or running up a mountain, which is what we ended up doing. But I was like, well, similar kind of to the Pacific. I was like, when am I ever going to get a chance to run around Africa with Kelly Holmes again? Like, I've got to say yes. It was a multi-day thing because mm. we ran, it was 25 kilometers up and down this mountain, Mount Melangi. Um, and there's actually, there's the Porter's Race out in Malawi, which has just happened. And it's an event in and of itself. So we did that one day. Then we cycled um, around Somba Plateau. No one's totally sure how long we cycled for because <laughs> every time we asked like how long we'd gone or how far it was to go, the answer's always like, oh, just five more kilometers. <laughs> so That's who brilliant. knows? Um, and then we kayaked 20K across Lake Malawi. It really does become an ultra distance triathlon when you're like, yeah, so how much did you cycle? You know, couldn't tell you. I could not tell you. It was just amazing. Like the whole thing was incredible. I felt just so lucky that I've been able to do the it. The smile has just gone bang yeah. when you started talking about it. With the race that you're going to be doing next year, obviously it's more like 50 days where you're not going to be able to see anything. Does that scare you? Is there fear there? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, think I, I think anyone would be crazy if they were taking this on and weren't a little bit scared. There's everything for fear on whether I'm physically mentally strong enough to do it there's fear about the size of the waves i've heard they can be genuinely massive um fear about sharks i hate sharks i think the fact that i know that i know that they're scary but i'm still willing to do it kind of shows you how much i i want to get it done i was just looking as i was talking on on the wall behind you i've got this poster up that says that if it scares you it's probably the right move and i do think that if you don't do the things that scare you, then you're gonna end up leading a really boring life. How often do you think about the fear? Not that often, to be honest. When someone stops me and asks me, then of course it comes Like, it comes stop asking life. about the sharks, all right, man? <laughs> it was funny, I did this um, assembly at my old primary school, and all the kids wanted to talk about was the sharks, and I was just standing <laughs> there, thinking like, can we please move on? It's just daunting. The waves thing is the thing for me when I think about it and try and get my head around an ocean crossing. The not being able to see anything mm. and not being able to see any other people but the three people that you're on that boat with yeah. for that amount of time. Do you think you're going to struggle coming back to reality to kind of coming back to actually just having to do day-to-day -day things? Because previously yeah. I've spoke to people who have mentioned that... It, it's a simple life, really, when you're doing mm. something like that. Because you're getting up, you're rowing, you're doing the jobs around the boat, trying to get some sleep, feeding yourself, and going mm. again. Do you think it's going to be a struggle to get back to normality? Yeah, whenever I've spoken to people, they've said very similar things. And I think I've experienced it to a smaller extent when I've come back from previous mini-challenges, in that you do, you do get the kind of post-adventure blues. I thought it was something people had made up but it it does happen so I think it would be really hard 
as we said, my whole life pretty much is focused on this row at the moment. So it will be weird when it's no longer there. Mm. Um, everyone says that it's really important that you have something exciting to come back to. So my mind is already wearing on what that might be. Um, <laughs> just don't enter anything else for a little bit. Just chill out for a sec. You got a year. You got a year to go until you start. But um, yeah, and no, I think it'll be, it'll be hard. Post adventure blues is is real. Mm. It's a real thing. I think people can even experience it by doing something like a marathon, their first mm. marathon, mm. because you, you've had this focus and you've been looking forward to this for so long and you, you do it, yeah. it's amazing, and you stick the photo on Instagram and it gets all the likes and you're feeling amazing, you're feeling cracking about yourself, yeah. and then straight away you're like, ah, let me focus on that forever. Mm. And also, I can't really talk to anyone about it because maybe they haven't done it and they don't quite understand it. Mm. You're going to be in a very, very small group of people after doing this. Yeah. An elite group of ocean rowers. Crazy people. Yeah. Can you imagine calling yourself an ocean rower? No, uh, I I really, really can't. And it's funny because shortly after you asked if I'd be on the podcast, I listened to your one with Laura Try. And... Since then, I, I it just, it's kind of been in the back of my mind, like, what am I doing being on this podcast? And I guess at the moment, there's that sort of, that slight imposter syndrome. But it's almost, even once we're done, I still, in my, it just blows my yeah. mind. I never, ever thought that... You're amongst these people. Yeah. You are, though. Even before doing this, you are. Yeah. You're rowing across a sea. You're heading across, you know, from... From Wales to, to Ireland, mm. the Irish Sea. You did this ultra triathlon in Malawi. So you're already amongst this group of people. And I feel like you need to have that confidence in yourself, obviously, mm. which you do because you're backing yourself to do it. Imposter syndrome is a funny thing, I think. Mm. Because I think everybody that tries to have this adventurer lifestyle does feel that to a certain extent. Yeah. So listening to other people talk about it, everyone says that they're scared when they take yeah. something on. And I think that you wouldn't get that same kind of thrill if you weren't a little bit scared. And I think it was Sarah Williams who said that actually it's all about trying to recreate that fear that you might get on the start line of your first 5K or something. And it doesn't really matter what what the adventure is, like whether it's running 5K or rowing across the Pacific. Whenever you set off to do something that's a little bit exciting, it's partly exciting because you don't know if you can actually do it. Have you given yourself that moment to think about the finish line? If you haven't, here it is. Yeah. I try, I'm trying not to focus on it too much. I think, and this is something that's come out of the ocean rowers I've spoken to, there's a lot of focus on social media, that glamorous moment coming into Hawaii, Antigua, wherever it is, with your flares blazing and the crowds sort of putting lays around your, around your necks. And it's really exciting. But I'm well aware that we've got a year of hard work to get to the star line and then seven, eight weeks of hard work to get across the ocean. So I'm trying not to let myself get too caught up in in the finish at the moment. We spoke about physical prep. Are you putting any mental prep into it as well? Mm. Are you thinking about seeing like a mental coach or, Mm. or anything like that? Yeah, we do as a crew really want to work with a sports psychologist. We haven't got rounds which yeah there, there are so many things um but yeah i think it's so important and logistically as well an ocean row has so much 
that you need yeah. to put into it. How are the logistics going? How's the boat going? How's the fundraising going? Mm. How is all of that? Yeah, the fundraising is definitely one of the hardest things. I know everyone talks about it when they when they set off on a big adventure. We've been really lucky, I think. Uh, we're doing well. My company has been fantastic. They're really supportive and uh, sponsoring us. One of the other girls has got some sponsorship from her company as well. We're making good progress, chipping away, but it is it is hard. And I think in the logistics, so we're now at the point where we are probably about to be able to make a deposit for our boat to start getting that built, so which is very exciting. But then that just opens up a whole new can of, can of worms in terms of where we're going to keep the boat and insurance and how we're going to move it around. So yeah, you're right. There are a lot of things to think about, which I did not realise when I signed up to this. Imagine seeing the boat for the first time, though. Oh, it will be amazing. It's just so there. Exciting. It's like in the keys for your first house or your first car. Yes. It's yeah. going to feel so, so good. So training now, a year, a year out of the race. There's not many people that have that experience of having to wait a year mm. for their start. Mm. Do you think there's going to be a point where you're going to be like, I'm, I'm bored of this now. I just want to get to the start line. Um, <laughs> it already happens. <laughs> there are moments where training is boring, I won't lie. I think there's so much to do though. So like you, we've already touched on the courses, the logistics, just in terms of organizing the kits, the getting the food ready. There, there's so much to do that I, I don't think I'll ever be bored in the next mm. year. Um, I'm quite looking forward to being bored out on the Pacific, to be honest. <laughs> Have you had to think about your diet and changing anything, or is that something you've always been pretty good with anyway? To be honest, right now I'm actually trying to gain weight. Um, so everyone says that you can lose about 10 kilos on an ocean crossing, which at the moment I'd probably be quite unwell if I lost 10 kilos. So I am trying to trying to build a bit more, well, a bit more fat, a bit more muscle. And it's a work in progress. So mm. I'm just eating loads right now, which is great. <laughs> just cracking. Just give yeah. me the wine. I'll have another bag of crisps. Pretty much. When you're out on the ocean, have you thought about what you're going to eat? Um, so it's all dehydrated foods. There's nowhere to stop on route to just take on supplies. No, so you've got to have it all with us. Um, so it all comes in little packages. Have you tasted it? I've tasted some. I had, I think it was the spaghetti bolognese. It was really good. I loved it. It's like great. Five star. We'll buy again. Okay, maybe not quite five star. It's not quite a James Italian. We'll get I mean, there slowly. Ask me like a month into the row whether I'm still enjoying the food and you might get a different answer. I think the food is one of those things. It's it's just like a means to an end on a challenge like that, isn't it? Yeah. You just gotta, you gotta eat it because you're gonna burn the calories. So you yeah. just got to do it. What are you thinking to yourself when you're 50 minutes deep into a morning training session, it's dark, you've got to get to work after, you're sweating and you're feeling gross and you're just like, is there any moments where you're like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Have you asked yourself the question yet, why am I doing this? Honestly, no. I... I'm pretty, I can be quite stubborn if I, if I want something. Like I've set my mind to this and in my head, there's, there's no way that it's now not going to happen. So the training now is just a means to an end mm. in terms of getting there. And I do, I really enjoy training. I think I'm quite lucky. 
because so many people ask me how I have the motivation. I was on holiday um, recently and I was still training at least once a day. And everyone was like, but but why? Like, why won't you chill? And actually, I, I really enjoy doing it now. It's kind of become my me time, pretty meditative. So I, do, I never have that moment, really, mm. where I present the training it's aspect. It's like movement meditation, if you will. Yeah. How do you feel if you don't train? It's become really hard. So I did notice during that uh, month-long recovery period from, from the appendicitis, I struggled. Mm. Like, I genuinely felt pretty down. Um, and no one really tells you about that when you go in for surgery. Everyone's focused on... Getting you better. Getting you better physically. Um, but since when since I came out for, from hospital, a couple of people have mentioned to me that actually the kind of after effects of the anaesthetic can actually leave you feeling really down. And when you couple that with the fact that all of a sudden it hurts to straighten up, a sort of a walk around the block is a monumental achievement. Um, the thought of going out for a run or a cycle is totally beyond me. Yeah, it, it was really hard, to be honest. It's an addiction, I think. It's a positive mm. addiction, but it is definitely an addiction yeah. to a certain extent. And if you just stop, it's difficult. Giving yourself time, we've touched on it already, to recover, I think is super, super difficult. Mm. Before we wrap up, I do want to talk about conditions out on the water. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's <laughs> going to be some incredible days. Touch wood, for your sake, there's some amazing days. For your sake, I hope the whole thing is flat as a pancake. It'll be great. <laughs> I'm sure you'll see some amazing wildlife, fingers crossed, not sharks. I'm sure there's going to be some incredible weather as well. Obviously, we're too far away to know exactly what it's going to be like. But looking at pictures of people that have done this sort of stuff before, are there any hopes of conditions that you would like when you're out on the water? It's funny because it would be great on the one hand to have a super flat ocean the whole way over but I've also spoken to some guys who who rode the Atlantic the Tempest 2 and they were telling me they're they're great they're really good they had horrible conditions everything that could have gone wrong for them went wrong for them and they were like actually we wouldn't change anything they now speak about what they what they went through they they're pretty much full-time adventurers the motivational speakers and it was a really interesting way of looking at it because, yeah, there's a part of me that thinks, oh, great, if I never have to deal with a 60-foot wave, then life would be sweet. But actually, I guess I wouldn't be doing this if I wanted an easy ride. Mm. Yeah, you say, there are, there are much <laughs> there are much easier things to do than, <laughs> than Rare Nation. Um, so, yeah, it would be great if it was flat, but I'm, I'm not expecting it to be and I won't be disappointed. I think there's something in as well that the ocean, which you can't control, the elements, which you can't control, yeah. they both threw everything they could at you. Yes. And you still got it done. Yes. That would be a pretty amazing feeling, I would imagine. If someone's listening to this now and I ask most people this at the end of most of the episodes and they're thinking, God, this girl's mad. I could never do this thing Jess is doing. That's something I always get told. Oh, I can never do that. Yeah. What would you say to them? If I can, you can. Ten years ago, I would never, ever have believed you if you told me that I would be about to try and do this. I still think it's a bit crazy. I still have moments where I can't quite believe I'm about to go and do it. Honestly, 
if you want something you, you can find a way to make it happen and like I say I wasn't sporty it's something that I got into later in life it, you really can surprise yourself what would you say to 10 years ago Jess don't be scared of giving things a go mm. I think I I think I grew up thinking that everything needed to be perfect and when you want everything to be perfect you're obviously less less open to trying things that you don't know how they're going to pan out because you they might not work uh. out quite right but actually it's well, like what we were just saying it's getting through something that hasn't been perfect and living to tell the tale and getting something from it yeah if you if you don't do things that that scare you like i say life would be so boring Big thank you to Jessica for coming on. We're actually working on getting all four members of the crew sat down together before they set off. So hopefully we can make that happen. Remember, if you haven't given the show a five-star rating yet, please go and get that done and subscribe as well to make sure you get the next episode as soon as it's released in a couple of weeks. Oh, and a little note about that next episode. It's a biggie.